Well, as you can see, we're going to do communion today, praise the Lord. And so uh, I thought a good time to do that. What do you think? You know, bring in a, a new year. And uh, what we're going to do, though, is we're going to take some time and we're going to minister on it, praise the Lord. And so uh, we're going to go to 1 Corinthians. Go to 1 Corinthians is where we're going to start. We'll probably spend most of our time there. Uh, but 1 Corinthians 11. God is good, amen? Praise the Lord. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And uh, I'm going to kind of, really there's a, quite a lot being said in these um, chapter 10 and 11 here about all this. And for all um, for those unaware of what's going on here in 1 Corinthians, it's a letter, of course, being written to the church at Corinth and really kind of addressing some things, addressing some issues. And um, so we can, uh, we can glean from it, praise God. Hallelujah. And so uh, today we're going to start in chapter 11. We're going to start with verse 17 is where we're going to start today. And uh, I think um, as we kind of get into this, um, uh, I think I'm just going to throw a couple uh, blanket statements out there first and, uh, and just kind of, you know, kind of bring us into this. And how many know uh, that what the Father did in sending His his son, you know, to pay a price. Uh, how many know that what the father did in sending the son was his confession of love to you? Amen. You know, for God so loved the world, right, that he gave his only begotten son. Amen. That was his, that was his confession of love to you, his action, amen, of love uh, to you. And what Jesus did in by coming and in by, uh, you know, receiving uh, really his part and doing and paying a price, becoming our substitute, and all that He did, the price paid for your redemption. How many know what He did was His confession of love toward you? Amen. And so with that said, um, I'm just going to kind of have you kind of think on this as we're moving through this today, that what we're doing, and by taking communion today, celebrating the Lord's Supper or the Lord's table, depending on, uh, you know, everybody has a different way of, of, of using or saying it. And so, uh, and in doing that, every time we do that, we do it in remembrance of Him. And what it is, it's our confession of love. Amen. Towards Him. Amen. It's our faith being released. Amen. Uh, toward the covenant. Amen. And believing in the covenant that, uh, that we're in. Amen. It is our loyalty in a sense, uh, being released, amen, uh, toward our God, amen, and uh, that's, that's what's happening today. So we're releasing our faith, we're releasing our, uh, our love, praise God, or our confession of love, amen, uh, by partaking of communion today, amen. So with that said, uh, chapter 11, verse uh, 17 says, Now in giving these instructions, this is Paul talking, to the church at Corinth, I do not praise you. You think that's a kind of a bummer verse to start with. Doesn't seem like one of those, you know, refrigerator verses or anything. You know, I do not praise you since you come together, not for the better, but for the worse. In other words, he's saying that your meetings uh, are seen to be doing more harm than good. And so, you know, uh, he's talking to them and he's, he's saying, listen, I've, I'm hearing some some trouble going on, and, and uh, we need to kind of address that and deal with that, all right? He says, for, first of all, uh, when you come together as a church, uh, everybody say come together. come together. Amen. You know, when you come together, we ought to come together and unify. Amen. If we want to see God move, that's what it's about. It's coming together, praise God, letting God be God, moving in each and every one of us, and at the same time, moving on our behalf corporately, praise God. And that's the idea. So he said, first of all, when you come together as a church, I hear that there are divisions among you. That word division there is uh, schisma. Well, we get our word schisms, okay? Uh, I hear that there are divisions among you or schisms, okay? And in part, I believe it. Uh, for there must also be factions. Heresis is that Greek word. just means disunion, okay? Uh, discord, all right? There must be factions among you. That those who are approved may be recognized among you. In other words, uh, you, you know, because of what's going on, it's pretty obvious to see who's on what side. Come on, somebody. What he's saying. 
some people are uh, staying out of it. And some people are uh, getting involved in it. How many know it's no different than nowadays? Thank you for all that enthusiasm. It's no different nowadays. Amen. Some people just love drama. And some people can't stand it. Hello, somebody. And so he's talking about it. We got in the church, we got a bunch of strife and division. There's a bunch of drama going on. And we get, and you know, and as it gets going along, you can tell who likes it and who don't. How many know that to be true? It says, therefore, when you come together, verse 20, in one place, is it not to eat the Lord's Supper? In other words, are we here to do this? Amen. For in eating, each one takes his own supper ahead of others. One is hungry and another is drunk. He says, what? <laughs> And we go, what? <laughs> and that's what, what? Amen, what? Amen. Do you not have houses to eat and drink in? Or do you despise the church of God? In other words, that just means to, uh, really just means to disesteem or to think against the church. Amen. So when you're doing this, it's as if you're despising the church of God, bringing shame or disgrace or dishonor to those who have nothing. What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you in this? I do not praise you. Now, what's going on here in this text, um, when they came in to celebrate, and then when they were going to partake of the Lord's Supper, um, they would come in and, and you know, just to kind of give a picture. We don't know exactly how it all went down, but we do know uh, that when they came in, there was a place that where all the bread was, and there was a place where the wine or the drink was, and people would hurry up and get there, and those that got there hurry up and hoarded what bunch of bread, and they'd, they'd hoard the drinks, and they all go sit with their little group. That's what was going on. And now we don't have to worry about hoarding anything. Not a lot to hoard there, uh, you know, but uh, maybe this is why we kind of do it this way is because, you know, if we had loaves of bread in the back, some of you would be woofing it down before we got service done. And believe me, there's, I think this is just grape juice, but it could be fermented. I don't know, but... Uh, probably not, but anyway, uh, it's just grape juice, so there ain't no way uh, anybody's going to hoard this and get stuffed on little, little wafers and get drunk on a little bit of juice. We don't have to worry about any of that, but you have to understand that's what was going on uh, here at, at the Corinthian church, that they had lost sight of what it was all about, and he's addressing it, all right? And so we have some issues, and he's addressing the fact that there's strife and contention, that you're not looking out for one another. Said you're all about yourself and all about your little schism or your little group. Are we still uh, together on this? All right, so let's go to the next uh, couple verses here. Let's go read on through. It says, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread. All right? All right, now we're going to come back to that here in a bit. For when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you, do this in remembrance of me. And in the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup, is in the, uh, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Or you proclaim the price that's been paid. Amen. That's really what it's about. All right, until he comes. Everybody say, till he comes. That speaks a commitment, by the way. How many are going to still be doing this until he comes? All seven of you. How many are going to still be doing this when he comes? All right, a few more of you there. Amen. Hallelujah. Verse 27. Therefore, whoever eats this bread and drinks this cup in an unworthy, an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. Now, remember now... Uh, you know, verse 23 through 26 is kind of like the, it's kind of like the cream filling uh, in the Oreo, okay? And uh, so a lot of times, you know, we might look at that and just minister on something like this, but we forget the setting that it's being spoke. And you have to remember now, he's dealing with an issue in the church. He's talking about, you know, talking about uh, taking up communion. He's talking about celebrating the Lord's table, the Lord's supper, but he's dealing with it in, in context of strife and contention that's going on and them losing sight of what they're doing. All right? So he says here about an unworthy manner. Now, the word unworthy here is anelxios, okay, which means uh, 
irreverently. Everybody say irreverently. All right, so irreverently. So he's talking about how they're doing it right there in the service. They're being very irreverent how they're doing it. They've lost sight about what this represents. They come in, they hoard, they're forgetting about one another. It's not about unity anymore. You're coming in and you're, you, you get religious in your activity here or you get um, ritualistic in what you're doing. That you've lost sight in what it represents. Okay, that's what he's addressing here. Now, I don't want to be ritualistic. I don't even really care a lot for the word religious too much, but uh, you know, it's a, uh, you know, there's there is true and undefiled religion, amen. But we're called to walk in a relationship, not so much religion. Just just a thought I'd throw out there, amen. You can chew on that all you want, but. Uh, the bottom line is, uh, He didn't save you to get religious. He saved you, amen, to have union with you, praise God. A relationship with you, praise the Lord. But now, what's happening is, is they're coming in, they've lost sight, okay? They partake, they do uh, a thing that is, is necessary. You know, we, we partake of communion, no matter how often you do it. Some churches do it every month. Some do it, you know, several times. Some, some maybe a few times a year, Amen. Some of you maybe partake of communion every week. Some of you even partake of communion every day. Some never do it. But as often as you do it, we do it in remembrance of Him. Amen. We don't do it just because, well, you know, that's what Christians are supposed to do, and we do it, and you do it, and you take it, and you partake, and then you, you go on as if nothing happened. And it's because that's what we do this time of month or that's what we do this time, of, you know, the, during the year. or this. In other words, you lost sight of what it's about. Are you still with me? All right. So he's addressing them. He says, listen, when, you, when you're doing this thing irreverently, you've lost sight. And then now you're guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let each man examine himself. Everybody say himself. himself. Or herself. Okay. Now you're called to examine yourself. Amen. And you're not called to examine me, and I'm not called to examine you. Come on, we're called to examine ourselves, right? But let each man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup, right? For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy or an irreverent manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. Now, we're going to bring more of this out here as we get through it, but you have to, in context of what's going on, He's trying to say, listen, when you come together, understand why you're doing it. Don't come in here all ballistic and out of control and thinking about yourself. Because then you've, you've completely lost sight of it. Now you're literally, as, in a sense, you've, you're doing it in an unworthy fashion. You're doing it irreverently. And now you don't even realize you're bringing judgment on yourself because you don't even realize what you're doing. Now, a lot of times, uh, well, uh, I, I knew when I grew up, um, I, didn't, I didn't necessarily grow up in the church. Um, when, I, when I was real young, um, I remember my folks being involved uh, in a church. Uh, they enjoyed the pastor there. He was pretty energetic and kind of high energy, and, and uh, they really enjoyed him. And, and he was there for a short season, and then he, he moved on, felt led to go to the mission field or something. I can't remember exactly what it was. But they, during that little span of time, they went to the house of God and pretty faithful to it, uh, uh, during that time when that minister was there. And, I, I, and the reason I bring this up is just this reason, is I remember as a little kid when, when the communion elements were coming by, and, um, you, know, I, you know, as a kid, you thought, you know, I want one of them. <laughs> you know, you know, I want one of them. And I remember, uh, you know, because of the fact they a little bit uninformed of what it, what, it, what it represents, what it means, you know, you go to reach for as a kid and got slapped by my mama. <laughs> Don't touch that might die. <laughs> you know, and, you know, their idea was, you know, because you, you know, you maybe done something wrong or you're living in sin or whatever it is. Of course, I was just a little kid. I probably didn't do a whole lot of sinning by that time. But anyway, the point being is they kind of a little bit of a misunderstanding about really what that means. Amen. Listen, if you're, if, you're, if you're making mistakes and you've got sin in your life, uh, this would be a good time to be here and partake to get yourself a fresh start. Come on, somebody. Amen. But understand what we're doing. Amen. 
We're not encouraging, uh, you know, uh, living in sin by any means, but we are saying here, you got to understand, what he's dealing with here is the irreverence that's going on. Your, your lost sight of what this represents. It's about a bringing together, about making you whole as an individual and making you whole corporately as a body because of what Christ has done. Are you still with me? So he says that when you do it in an unworthy manner, uh, it says you bring judgment, literally judgment or condemnation yourself. Why? Because you're not discerning the Lord's body. Everybody say the Lord's body. There's kind of a reason why he uses the Lord's body. He doesn't talk about really the drink right here yet. There's a reason for it. We're going to talk about that here in a minute. Okay, so you bring, uh, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, everybody say for this reason, verse 30. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you and many sleep. In other words, many are dying early. Okay, many are weak. Okay, that word weak. Uh, means uh, an inability to produce results. You're in a place where you're, you're broke, busted, and disgusted. Now, there's a reason for it. Okay, you're weak and sick. It means infirmity. Okay, literally means a body infirm. Okay, so there's sickness, there's disease among you, and many sleep or dying early. That's what it means. Now, there's a reason for it. All right? And he's trying to bring it out. If you're not understanding what, what all you have in Christ, what you have in this covenant, amen, and understand that every time you do this, it's as if you're, you're settling it, praise God. Your confession of your faith toward God, of your love toward God, of your loyalty toward God, and an understanding of what he's done for you. When you understand that, you're not going to be weak, you're not going to be sick, and you're not going to die early. All right? All right, so verse uh, 31 here. For if we would judge ourselves, what? This is why we bring judgment to ourselves is because we don't stop long enough and judge ourselves. See, during these moments of partaking, it's a good time to look inward and say, Lord, what do I need to change? Lord, what do I need to fix? What needs to be made whole in my life today? Amen. If we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. Now, these word judge here, the first word and the second word, two different Greek words. Uh, the first word judge means to stop, to pause, and to discern within one. So you're stopping and you're looking inward. If we would just, on a, on a regular basis, listen, if you do more of this, there'd be a whole lot of other, you know, judging others going on. If we would stop and look inward. But when we don't stop and take a look at inside, then what happens? We bring judgment on ourselves. So if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. This word here, judge, literally means in a judicial fashion or a judicial manner. In other words, this might be why people are judging you in a sense. You know, they're putting a judicial judgment on you in a sense. Because maybe we're not stopping and taking a look at ourselves. Maybe we're not discerning. Maybe we're just playing religion. I'll try this side. Maybe we're just playing religion. Or maybe it's not really working in us. Maybe we're really not being real about some things. I'll try this side one more time. We'll see what happens. Maybe we're just playing religion. Maybe we're just, you know, playing a game and, you know, we're just, we're just going to, you know, flow through the motions even though it don't mean nothing. Because, you know, that's what good little Christians do. And that's why good little Christians are being judged by the world and by others. Because we don't stop long enough, pause and look in and discern within ourselves, examine ourselves, amen, and make some adjustments. Amen. What Christ has done for you is more than enough to help you change anything in your life. It doesn't matter what you're going through. We're not here to to condemn you. We're not here to bring any kind of shame on you. You just have to understand, but when you stop and do that, then all of heaven's resources are at your disposal, praise God, to bring change in your life. Amen. And if you would do that, there wouldn't be any of this. People pointing their finger at you all the time and making some kind of judicial judgment on you and condemning you. 
Thank you for all that enthusiasm. Verse 32, please. But when we are judged, that same word in a judicial fashion, we are chastened by the Lord. In other words, at that time, now all of a sudden, now it's, it's like we're being now corrected by the Lord. That's what it means, corrected or um, educated by the Lord is what that word chastened means, okay? That we may not be condemned with the world. In other words, if it's going to go that far, then fine, all of a sudden here comes the judgment. All right, now the Spirit of God now has your attention, now can work with you, do something. Hopefully, you'll at least at that moment say, you know what, Lord, I do need to change this. Come on, somebody. Now, it doesn't have to go that far. That's what he's trying to say here. And if you partake and understand the, and discern the body, discern, amen, what you're doing, you'd probably stop in those moments, look inward, deal with some things, so you don't have to uh, take it to the end there where somebody's going to now, you know, Put your name in a newspaper or shout it over the airways. Come on, somebody. Okay. Or somehow or another, you know, judgment's brought on you in some way or another. Amen. Where there's embarrassment, shame, or any of that other mess. Are you still with me? So this is, if you understand that, then you don't bring judgment on yourself. Amen. And then you make the adjustments and changes, praise God. You move forward, praise God. You're not weak, broke, busted, and disgusted. Come on, somebody. You're not sick and diseased and all that mess and dying early. Amen. Now, I understand that isn't the only thing that, that people have to deal with concerning infirmity and stuff. We get that, all right? But we're just saying at least, amen, keeping your heart right, you'd be amazed at how many areas of your life can be kept in check if you understand Amen. What you're doing when it comes time to the body and the blood. Amen. Can I hear a big amen? amen. All right. Thank you very much. Praise the Lord. Now, let's see. Let's read uh, verse uh, 33. Therefore, my brethren, when you come together to eat, wait for one another. Amen. Be courteous. That's what it's referring to. But if anyone is hungry, let him eat at home, lest he come together for judgment. For the rest I will set in order when I come. You notice how... He started with that and he ended with that. So when he's dealing with this community, he's trying to show them, listen, what you do just in the church house can determine this. Now, again, nobody's going to get full on this and nobody's going to get drunk on this. So, I, you know, we get that. But the point being is you can still come together and irreverently miss what God's trying to do. And that's the point we need to go home with today. Are you still with me? Okay, so with that said, we're going to come back to some of this in a bit. Okay, but we're going to go up here to verse 23 again. For I received from the Lord, this is Paul talking, I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which He was betrayed, took bread. All right, now remember, uh, I didn't know if I gave him the reference, but Luke 22, he lets it be known. He says, he said, listen, he said, uh, there's this intense desire. I can't even remember his exact words, but I think he called it, I think fervent desire, I think was the word. He said, uh, with fervent desire, I've longed to partake of the Passover with you. Talking to the disciples. So they partake of, of this, and on the same night that they're partaking, of communion of the Passover, talking unity, talking amen, all the same night. They all betrayed him. Every one of them did. It wasn't just, it wasn't just Judas. They all ran. They didn't have a clue what they were doing then. They had no idea about the Passover. Why? Because over years and years, they had did the same old ritualistic thing that they've always done. This is what you do this time of year. This is why you do it. This is what you do. And blah, 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 blah. And we might all know the story. You might all have it memorized. But you lost sight of what it means. And if they wouldn't have lost sight of what they were doing, they wouldn't have ran. They wouldn't have betrayed him. They wouldn't have turned their back on him if they would have understood it. Are you still with me? Amen. So you have to understand, he's, you know, this is why he brings that up. Verse 24, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, take, eat, this is my body. His body. I said his body. Now the scriptures, um, I think it's 
uh, multiple places, but I think at first you see it in Deuteronomy 16. He refers to uh, the, the bread as uh, the body, or pardon me, the bread of affliction. There we go. He refers to it as the bread of affliction. Well, that's exactly what it was, because it was His body, amen, which was broken for you. Okay, so the bread of affliction, all right, Jesus called Himself in uh, John 6, verse 48, He said, I am the bread of life. You skip down a few more verses, He called Himself, I am the living bread. So I think that's John 6 and 51. I don't know if, I, if you have that one, let's put that one up, let's read through the whole thing. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I shall give, here he explains it, is my flesh. And he starts talking about his flesh and his body, or probably his blood and uh, being drink and his flesh being food. Uh, he said, which I shall give for the life of the world. And you know, he starts talking about this and everybody starts getting freaked out because, dude, it's like you talking cannibalism or what is this, man? eating your flesh and drinking your blood. I mean, God, come on, that's kind of like nasty. And everybody's like, I just don't get all this. Well, they didn't get it. They had no idea what the Passover represented. They had no idea it was a type and shadow of things to come. They had no idea. Are you still with me? They didn't have any clue. And so uh, a lot of people at this time, in fact, a lot of disciples at that time booked it. They were done. They left. There was 12 of them left. And Jesus even kind of gave them an eye, you know, you all want to stick around, you want to leave too. Uh, we better stay around because you're the only one that has the words of life, so we don't know where else where we go. <laughs> so I don't know, maybe that's all it was. Those 12 didn't know where they were going to go, I guess. I don't know. Anyway, the point is, praise God, uh, it was kind of a, it was, it was a pretty uh, intense moment. And here he's calling his, his own body as bread, living bread, okay? But it's the, it's the bread of affliction. Why? Because it was his body that was broken for you, for me. He did this for you. He did this for me. The word broken um, refers to, literally means to be uh, shattered or to be ripped open or shredded or striped by violence. So, how many know that's exactly what happened? The cat of nine tails tore him up. Okay, he was beaten, beard plucked. I mean, all the kind of stuff that happened. Can't even do it justice. Try to walk you through it. Couldn't even begin to do it justice of what it did. But that body was broken for you. So when you partake of the bread, it's an, a representation of his body that was broken for you. So as often as you partake of that, you're doing it in remembrance of what He did for you. And you proclaim His death until He comes. You're proclaiming the price paid. He was your substitute. In fact, let's, uh, let's see. I don't know how many of these references we got here, but go to Isaiah 53. Put that up. Actually, just stay right here. We're gonna, I'll, just, I'll just kind of fly through these, I think. So Isaiah uh, 53, please, put that on the board. And verse 5, okay, this is a prophecy talking about the Messiah. But He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement of our peace was upon Him. And by His stripes, by, those, that, by that beating, we are healed. Okay? So part of it, when you're partaking of the bread, now again, we're just talking the wafer, but the wafer is a representation of the body that was broken, striped, beaten, tore open. Come on. Why? So you could receive healing. So he's your substitute. All right, okay, now this same verse actually is used you know, a couple times in, in the New Covenant. Uh, Matthew, uh, is it Matthew 8, is that what it is? Matthew 8 and verse 17, it says, That it might be fulfilled which is spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, He himself took our infirmities and he bore our sickness. See, if you discern the body right, you can walk free from infirmity and sickness. 
If you discern it right and you believe in what he's done for you. You believe in that confession of love that he did for you. Praise God. The price that was paid for you. When you discern that properly, you can receive healing and wholeness. Amen. Okay, let's try another one. All right. Uh, 1 Peter 2, is that what, uh, you know, let's try that. Uh, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree. Everybody say, praise the Lord. Okay, so a lot of times we want to receive the forgiveness of sin, but it didn't just stop there. That we, having died to sins, might live uh, for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. You were healed, past tense. Price paid. Uh, another uh, Psalms 103, put that up there. Uh, again, it's, in a sense, it's, a, it's prophetic, but uh, talking about uh, your, uh, the, the promises or the benefits that are offered you, it says, who forgives all your iniquities and also what? Who heals all your diseases. Hmm, I'll receive that. I, just to, just, I mean, I like the fact that I'm forgiven. Praise the Lord. I like that the old man's dead, been buried, he's gone, hallelujah, in the past. I am not my past. I am not my history. I am not my mistake. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm a new creation in Christ. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, happy day. Amen. Now, but I'm also just as healed, just as delivered, just as set free from sickness, disease, infirmity, just as much as I'm forgiven. Okay? That body, when you discern the Lord's body, amen, praise God, you're not going to walk out weak, sick, and dying early. Are you still with me? See, you got, see that's what he's talking about. If you don't discern what you're doing, you're just doing something religiously. You're just doing something, you know, you're just, you know, being ritualistic. You know, you hear that word and we start thinking like witches and warlocks. And ritualistic. And then we got a lot of Christians being ritualistic. Don't know what they're doing. Well, what? Why are we doing? I don't know. We just what we do. We just take a little piece of bread, we drink a little drink, and we go from there and then praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you very much. <laughs> and we lost sight. We don't even realize we didn't discern what was going on. In the meantime, you but man, you could receive healing and wholeness in your body. Every time there's infirmity in our house, we, we do, as far as my wife and myself. I don't know if my kids are up doing this yet or not. I hope they are. But my wife and myself, we know this. Every time we feel any kind of infirmity, we, we go partake of communion. Why? Because the body. All right. All right. So uh, let's look at, uh, let's see, did I, uh, Galatians 3. I thought this is worthy. I threw, threw this one in here. Uh, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse. So, so he's that substitute. He became a curse for us. What do you mean, Pastor? Well, as it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. I'm talking about those that have the crucifixion. So he, he bore sickness, bore disease, bore your sin. Come on, somebody. Bore the curse. Amen. And I thought it's worthy of bringing it out because every time you partake, I can walk free from the curse. Why? Because the price has been paid. I don't have to walk in the curse anymore. I'm the blessed of the Lord. Regardless of what's gone on, what's in the past, I walk in the blessing. Why? Because Jesus paid a price for me. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well, anyway, praise God. All right, we'll come back to the body in a minute. Verse 25, back in 1 Corinthians 11, verse 25 again. He says, in the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This cup is the new covenant in my blood. One translation says, the new agreement or uh, you know, so a covenant, the word covenant, again, we've, you know, in, we spent probably, what, about just about two months talking about the blood and, and uh, you know, through uh, a series of messages. And so a lot of this stuff uh, is stuff that we've talked over the last couple months. Um, but the word covenant means testament or will or contract. Okay, so what you have here is an old covenant and a new covenant. 
right? So what you have is a will or a testament or a contract, all right? So the, the word covenant also means a writing containing agreements or promises that have been made. That's what you have here. And when we talked about the blood covenant, we also brought out that the word covenant also means a cut where blood flows. So what you have here in context, talking about blood covenants, okay? So you had an old covenant, the Mosaic covenant or the Abrahamic covenant, okay? And we have the new covenant, all right? So the old covenant, a covenant cut with, uh, with uh, really it was the, uh, the father with man, okay? Which every year had to constantly have, uh, uh, you know, sacrifices made because man had a tendency to, to, to not live up to stuff. So under the new covenant, that's just real condensed there. Uh, so the new covenant, okay, is a covenant made between the Father and the Son. You can't mess it up. And I don't think anytime soon the Father or the Son's going to mess it up. Come on, somebody. So it was a blood covenant. And then what you do is you come into it, praise God, based on a new birth. You are born then into the family. So you get to be a part of a covenant based on the fact that you received Him as Lord, you now are born again, amen, a new creation, praise God, born into a family, you're royalty, praise God, hallelujah. You didn't have to do anything with that covenant. All you have to do is say, I receive. All right. Now, just for whatever it's worth, I... Um, you know, sometime back when we were do, dealing with uh, the blood covenant and stuff like that, I, I was, um, um, uh, I had some things here and I never did ever get to it. So I thought this would be a good time just to kind of throw this in here. Okay, talking about the differences between the old and the new covenants. Okay, remember he said this is, uh, this cup is the new covenant. New covenant. So again, you got your Abrahamic or Mosaic covenants. And according to this, it's called the, the better covenant established on better promises. Okay? All right. Yeah, actually, it's like, I think it's 2 Corinthians 3. It has a lot of this. It calls the old covenant the ministry of death. That doesn't sound like real edifying, does it? But it was the ministry of death, whereas this now is called the ministry of the Spirit. It called the old one the ministry of condemnation. Because everything was always brought up. You, your sin was always held out in front of you. Come on, somebody. The, but this one, the new covenant that we're, we're partaking of, is a covenant or a ministry of righteousness. You've been brought in right standing with God based on what Jesus did. So you should never leave, especially after you've partaken of communion, you should not leave with guilt, shame, or condemnation. It needs to be gone. Well, Pastor, you just don't, no, no. Discern. You don't walk out of here with condemnation. You walk out of here free. Hey, yeah, I'm free indeed. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. All right. So uh, the old covenant is a covenant of, or a ministry of condemnation, whereas the new covenant is a ministry of righteousness. The old covenant was according to flesh or natural things. The new covenant was according to the Spirit. Amen. The old covenant was by the law, through works. The new covenant, by grace, through faith. Are you with me? The old covenant was about a living by a list of do's and don'ts. The law, really. That's really just the best way to say it. Whereas the new covenant is living by daily communion. It's about communion with God. Amen. All right? And it's daily. Everybody say daily. It works better when it's daily. Okay? Under the old covenant, you earned righteousness, whereas... Under the new covenant, you receive righteousness. Under the old covenant, usually he communed through priests and prophets. We had a few of our patriarchs of faith who had a relationship that was pretty, uh, pretty genuine with God. But for the most part, he communed uh, through priests and prophets. Whereas under the new covenant, he communes with all who will let him. He will talk with you, fellowship with you, commune with you if you will let him. He wants to talk with you, walk with you, commune with you, fellowship with you, praise God. You don't have to do it through the pastor. Oh, hallelujah. I don't want to have those conversations. Amen. I'd rather you talk to him about it. Okay? All right. Anyway. All right. 
Uh, according to the Old Covenant, it was yearly sacrifices to cover sin. Under the New Covenant, it was one sacrifice once for all to eliminate sin. The sin problem has actually been handled. People say, oh, no, there's sin. No, no, the sin problem has been dealt with. And if you receive that and discern that, you can walk free from sin. Okay. All right. Uh, under the Old Covenant, it was, uh, it was the blood of animals, or really, you could say it this way, the blood of a lamb. You see with the Passover, the blood of a lamb, but it was the lamb of men. Whereas under the New Covenant, it was still the blood of a lamb, but it was the lamb of God. Okay? Now, we're just, this is just a dozen things. That's, you know, there's so many other things, but I'm just trying to show you. He said that this cup represents the New Covenant. All right? All right? Okay, under the Old Covenant... The covenant was sealed by circumcision. Under the new covenant, it was sealed with the new birth. Under the old covenant, uh, it was about a temple or a place or the ark of the covenant where God dwelt. Under the new covenant, you're the temple of the Holy Ghost. Amen. See, he comes right here. That means anywhere you ask, he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I'm on the inside. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Amen. It ain't about, you don't have to come to church to get in presence. Now, hopefully when you come to church, you enter into presence. Amen. But church isn't about, you know, the only place that God is. No, everywhere you go, God can be there if you'll let him. You come to the house of God to be equipped, to be edified, to come into a place of union and fellowship, to get yourself decontaminated from all the junk out there, and, amen, to come together as one, praise God, to unify, praise God, hallelujah, to, to worship and fellowship together as a corporate body. That's what it's necessary for. That's what it's about. But to spend time with God, you don't have to come to church just to do that. Discern. Discern, okay? Under the old covenant, it was God that came upon, and he would walk with men, all that. Under the new covenant, it's God within, and of course, that, that level of walking and intimacy went to a whole new level. A better covenant established on better promises. Are you still with me? So back to that verse again in uh, 1 Corinthians, verse 25 again. This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Now, the word in there uh, means uh, it's validated by or it's ratified uh, because of this or confirmed. So the new covenant has been validated, ratified, or confirmed by his blood. All right? Are you still with me? And he says, as often as you do this, you do this in remembrance of me. Now, let's look a little bit at this blood. Uh, some of the verses, I, I don't want to spend a lot of time because, like I said, we spent about two months working through this. Uh, Ephesians 1 and 7, put that up on the board. Okay, the blood. In Him, we have redemption through what? His blood. So there's redemption in that blood. So if we're discerning this right, amen, you should be receiving redemption. Amen. You've been paid for. The price has been paid. You don't have to come under, under condemnation, shame, and guilt anymore. All right? We have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace. Give me another one, Ephesians 2. Let's, I just want to see there's some verses we've used throughout the, uh, the last couple months here, but uh, we'll just real quickly flow through these. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. In other words, you have communion and fellowship. You can connect with God Talk with God, fellowship with God. Why? Because the wall of separation has been brought down. There is no more barrier. There is no more limit. Why? Because the blood of Jesus made a way. Amen. So when you're not going to God because you feel guilty, you haven't discerned the blood right. Well, pastor, that's... You just, you know, giving people a license to, to keep on sinning. And listen, man, we sin, uh, we don't need no license to sin. We do such a good job of it. We're not encouraging sin. We're not excluding sin. We're not uh, overlooking sin. We're not rejecting the fact that, that, that people still make mistakes. We're not doing that at all. But what we're saying is this. You should always be quick to run to God because the blood of Jesus made a way. And the quicker you get to God, the quicker you get free from the sin. 
Right? Come on. And we, we use this a lot. We say this a lot, but it, it, it bears to be repeated. When you're going around saying that I got myself into this mess and I'm going to get myself out, that's ignorance gone to seed. Because you got yourself into it. What makes you think for one second you can get yourself out? So you need to hang out with the one that can get you out. Praise God. All right, anyway, it's just a, just a thought. Amen. All right, uh, put he, uh, Hebrews 9, put that one up there. Uh, we use this verse. I think we spent a week or two just on this. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit, uh, who offered himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? Cleanse your conscience. Amen. Bring in wholeness of mind. Amen. That means shutting up the, uh, the voice of self-condemnation. Discern the blood. Uh, give me uh, Hebrews. Uh, this was, our, in fact, one of the verses we used pretty much in the beginning uh, for about, I don't know, about six weeks straight. This was our opening verse. Uh, it says now, uh, Hebrews 13 and 20, Now may the God of peace who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, verse 21, amen, make you complete in every good work to do His will, working in you what is well-pleasing in His sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. In other words, through the blood of the everlasting covenant will make you complete. So now, the blood, discerning the blood, all right, it carries redemption, righteousness, forgiveness, restored fellowship, restored communion, even restored authority and dominion in your life. Amen. It cleanses your conscience. It shuts up the voice of self-condemnation. It brings peace. It brings joy. It brings mental and emotional healing. Hallelujah. It frees you from fear and frees you from insecurity. Praise God. Hallelujah. That's what the blood does. Amen. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. Amen. So when we're partaking of the body and we're partaking of the blood. Amen. Hallelujah. Understand what that represents. Let's discern it properly. Understand that when you partake, it's like a, it's like a fresh start. Praise God. Amen. And as often as you do it, you're doing it in remembrance. Amen. Of Him, praise God, hallelujah, proclaiming or declaring or speaking forth His death or the price that He paid right until He returns. So as often as you do it, praise God, that's what you're doing. You're proclaiming, amen, the price has been paid. The price has been paid. He's he's the great substitute, praise God. The price has been paid. The price has been paid. Amen. I said amen. amen. Praise the Lord. Now, Let's go back, uh, back down here. Um, I'm going to bring, uh, no, I'll tell you what, for sake of time, um, well, I'm just going to bring up to your attention again in verse 20, he talks about discerning the Lord's body, okay? Everybody say the Lord's body. Okay, let's back up chapter 10. Let's look at something here. Now, I'm just going to say this to you, okay? Here's another statement for you. The God that did all of this for you, how many know God did something great for you today? I mean, you know. How many receive that today? Yeah. Okay, I want you just real quick look around, just kind of look at some folks. I'm not trying to make everybody feel uncomfortable, but yet I am. Um, so uh, uh, go ahead and look around, just kind of look at people. We've got some strange ones in here. We've got some good-looking people. We've got some people maybe not so good-looking. Uh, we've got people that got issues, people that don't. People that got issues that you can't see, and you've got some that are just kind of wow right out there, you know. Right? Look at your neighbor again. Come on, go ahead, just look around. I'm serious. I'm serious. I mean, you might as well. I mean, uh, you know, we try to avoid one another sometimes, but you can't do that because you're not discerning things right. See, God brings us all together. Isn't it amazing? Years ago, uh, a prophet, or prophet, uh, prophet Tuss uh, prophesied over our uh, body. This was years ago. I was just pretty new in, in pastoring, and, and so this was early on, and uh, prophesied that this would be a church where, where odd fruit would be here. Man, they were right on. Odd fruit. Man, that's a truth. And every time somebody walk, I go, yep. And most time it's people, they say stuff. I mean, they say it themselves. It says, I don't fit anywhere else. That's, I get it. We didn't either. I get it. 
Amen. We tried fitting other places. It just didn't work. And so, uh, you know, so I guess you're stuck with me and I'm stuck with you. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, uh, the point being is, okay, so uh, the same God that did what he did, his confession of love for you, what he did for you, he also did for the person sitting next to you. He also did it for the person on the other side of the church over here. Come on, somebody. See, the same God that did that for you did that for the whole body. So part of discerning the body is to understand the body. So he says in chapter 10, verse 16, he says, The cup of blessing which we, uh, which we bless, is it not the, the communion of the blood of Christ? Talking about the elements. The bread which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? For we, though many, for we, though many, are one bread. And one body, for we all partake of that one bread. He says that this also represents us as a body, the body of Christ. Makes sense, right? We're the body of, he's the head of the church. We're the body, right? Right? So he's saying, you know, we're, we're part of the body. Now, you know, I mean, you know, every part of the body, you got members that you see and that you, you know, you see how it works. You got those that are hidden, but yet they become vital. And just like we can go through verse after verse after verse after verse, where he's talking about, though we're many, we all have one God, hallelujah, one purpose, hallelujah, moving forward in, uh, in one church, in one body, praise God, hallelujah. And you have to understand that part of this is discerning the body. If we would discern the body, we'd have a lot less schisms, a lot less, uh, you know, a lot of these challenges that we have sometimes like, oh, so-and-so and so-and-so are at it again. Well, they hate each other, but they came in and partook of communion. See what I'm saying? So you don't discern it right. So you go on and you bring judgment on yourself because you won't stop long enough and examine your own life and say, you know what? I'm kind of a stinker. No condemnation. How many have been a stinker before? Well, about half of you. Some of you are lying. The rest will kayak. Oh, that's right. I gotta, how many have lied before? I thought maybe the rest of them would lift their hands. We've all, we've all come up short somewhere. Like that. We've, all been part of, we've all been a part of schisms and strife and divisions. We've all been a part of that. And we've, been, we've probably been on both sides of it. There have been times that you even caused it. <laughs> Not so. I think we need a little bit more discernment going on here. Right? We probably, and sometimes maybe not even knowing you did it, or maybe not even realizing what you did, but it created some strife, or it created some, uh, you know, some schism of some sort. You maybe didn't mean to, but we've all been on both sides of this thing. We've all talked about others, and we've had others talk about us. So every one of us needs to discern the body and the blood properly. And when we come together, this is why we come together. Amen. To be one. Amen. And the more we're united, the more power we can walk in. The more we're united, the more we'll see God move in our midst and see. Amen. In fact, in fact think about that. If you discern it properly, you won't be weak, sick, and sleep or die early. Right? So remember that. So discerning the body, understanding the power of unity, amen, letting go of some things because you stopped long enough and said, you know what? I've been forgiven for my stupid stuff. And they've been forgiven for their stupid stuff. We don't sit here and say, you're stupid. No, you're stupid. No, you're stupider. 
We've all been stupid. Right? Right? I don't mean to be rude or crude that, but it's it just sometimes you gotta stop and say, you're right. We've all been we've all been a little bit stupid once in a while. So what do we do? Well, praise the Lord that blood covers, uh, the, the price paid, amen, covers stupidity. <laughs> stupidity goes under the blood. Hallelujah. So if my stupidity goes under the blood, so can yours. And so can theirs. Right? So when we discern the body right, we allow God to move. When unity comes, listen, you can't read the book of Acts and not find this out. Wherever there's unity, there's power. Wherever there's unity, there's power. And where there's power, there's deliverance. And where there's deliverance, there's people walking free. So we don't want to mess that up. I surely don't want to bring judgment on myself because I'm just not discerning things right. So part of this, of understanding, discerning the body, is not just the fact that his body that bore stripes, his body that was beaten and bruised and, 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 and shattered, hallelujah, not only has it, but you and me are part of that body. And if I receive him, I have to receive you. And if I'm going to partake of this in receiving and, and, and acknowledging my loyalty unto Him, then I should have that same kind of loyalty toward you. Are you still with me? And if we could all do this, we're going to have power. Talk about a year of overcoming. Woo! This is it, baby. Anybody else in agreement with that? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. All right, let, give me my ushers. My ushers come up here. Let's go ahead. We're going to start handing this out. Praise the Lord. Now, uh, for those that don't know, I know a lot of times they have different ways of doing this. We, we're not breaking off a loaf and we're not uh, handing out little wafers. The little wafers on the top of this little thing right here. Okay, you peel back. It's got two little pieces of plastic here. You peel back the top one and you get the wafer. Peel back the next one and you get the drink. Are we clear? That's how it works. So what we'll do, uh, we're going to hand them out, go ahead and open them up, and then we're going to uh, we're going to take partake together. Praise the Lord. And as he said in the book of Corinthians, don't steal the other guy's bread. <laughs> Hallelujah. Did you get something so far today? All right. Praise the Lord. God's good. Amen. Aren't you grateful for the Lord? Amen. Praise the Lord. Aren't you grateful for one another? Yes. Hallelujah. All right, so just go ahead and open that up and get her ready. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Trudy, why don't you come on up here, if you would? Come on up here. Let's give her a mic. Grab that mic behind you there. Grab me that mic there, Juan. We'll, take, we'll open this all up. When they're all done, let me know. Let me get everything out. Praise the Lord. I'll hold that for you for a minute. Come on there. Okay. But uh, we're going to do is partake together, and I'm going to pray, and I'm going to have you join me in prayer. All right? All right. Praise the Lord. What a good God we serve. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We'll do one at a time, but we'll do if you're okay with that. You know, I was thinking uh, uh, when you uh, stop and examine yourself and discern within yourself where you're at, again, not to condemn yourself. That's not what it's about. It's just about to bring change. Allow God to do something, praise God. All of heaven's resources are at your disposal. Receive that. But remember that the same God that's doing that for you is doing that for the person next to you and the next one and the next one and the next one. Amen. So I guess uh, when I was kind of writing down some of my notes here, I was thinking the, the verse out of James, and it's talked about, you know, that mercy triumphs over judgment. 
And when you start and you think about when you're, when you're partaking and discerning things right, what you're doing is you're, you're letting mercy triumph over judgment, not only in your own life, but for those around you. Amen? And so let's just let that happen today. Amen? Are we ready? We got everything panned out? We have everybody's got some? Praise God. Take your little wafer right there. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. This here represents the body. Hallelujah. That was broken for you. This here represents a body that was striped. And based on those stripes, amen, you could have wholeness and healing, deliverance from sickness and disease. Amen. But this body represents the body of Christ as a whole, you and me. So when we partake, amen, we're identifying not only with Jesus, but with one another and allowing a spirit of unity. That means then we're going to let go of strife and contention, let go of some of this discord, let go of some of the little critical, judgmental, yuck, let it go. You'll walk free. Amen? So let's partake. Hallelujah. Father, we receive. As often as we do this, we receive. Hallelujah. And we do this in remembrance of you. For what you've done, a price paid, your death until you return. We receive it and we thank you for it. Then we take the cup, hallelujah, and together we'll partake. Go ahead. We receive the new covenant in your blood, ratified and confirmed by your blood. We'll receive that new covenant. We receive the promises and the benefits of that new covenant. We receive freedom, hallelujah, and liberty. We walk free from the curse. We walk free from darkness. We walk free from bondage. We walk free from all the shackles of life that would, would somehow tie us down and limit us and hold us back. We walk free, free indeed, because who the Son has made free is free indeed. Hallelujah. We give you praise. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Trudy, go ahead. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. Yes. That this day, this moment, this communion table represents a restored relationship to you. It, re it represents a severed relationship with the curse and every assignment of darkness. Yes. We thank you, Father, for total wholeness, body, soul, and spirit in Jesus' name. We thank you, Father, for a restoration of the intention of the Lord in the earth, that we are agents and ambassadors of Christ. We are representatives. And, Father, we go forth from this moment fully endued with power yes. from on high. Hallelujah. We go forth from this moment yes. fully satisfied in our commitment to you. We go forth in this moment fully connected to what the God of heaven can do in us and through us. Mm. Father, we thank you for all power, yes, Jesus. all grace, all blessing. And all life abounding toward us Hallelujah. from this moment yes, forward. Jesus. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Why don't you all stand up, if you will. Hallelujah. Did you get something today? You're going to walk free. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, we give you praise once again. Thank you, Lord God, that we're a new creation. Thank you, Lord God, your mercies are new every day. Thank you, Lord God, for the grace, the empowerment, hallelujah, to move us forward. Thank you, Lord, hallelujah, for joy. Thank you, Lord, for peace. Thank you, Lord, hallelujah, for courage. Thank you, Lord, hallelujah. That's today is a new day, hallelujah. And we thank you, Lord, 
for a glorious year. 2018, hallelujah, may be the most glorious year that we've ever experienced thus far. Hallelujah. We're grateful for what you did in 2017, but Lord God, we're reaching forward. Hallelujah. A year of overcoming, of going over the top, praise God, above and beyond, conquering and overcoming all things. We give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you praising God.